On the show today, I have Juan Miguel Goizeta. He's an economic analyst in Spain, and he's here to talk to us about uh, the current situation there. Hi, hi Juan. How are you? Uh, hello. I'm uh, fine here at home now. Okay, good. So uh, what's the situation there in Spain? What part of Spain do you live in, by the way? Uh, in Madrid, which uh, it happens to be just uh, the epicenter of the of the pandemic in Spain now. But uh, things have improved over the last few weeks. Uh, there are less and less cases every day, and of course, um, uh, less and less uh, deaths. So that's um, a good evolution over the last couple of weeks, but it, uh, we'd still look up uh, to another month of, uh, of total lockdown here. Okay, and have, have you known people personally who have died or who, who have gotten uh, the coronavirus or COVID-19? <sighs> Well, actually, yes. Unfortunately, yes, because um, I had um, uh, in my company, uh, we had uh, some um, foreign language classes and there was um, an English language teacher which uh, arrived uh, like every 15 days, every, every, every other week. And uh, I actually didn't know him well because I, I didn't take classes with him, but I just saw him uh, uh, coming and going out of the office. And just last week, I got the, the news that uh, apparently he died. Uh, oh, wow. So How old was he? But, um, well, I don't know, but he was probably in his 50s, I think. And what country was he from? Was he from Spain or he was, he was taking classes? No, he was a Canadian. Oh, he was Canadian. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So I guess you you did because you know there's a lot of people out there that they're they're saying that uh, it's fake, or that the uh, it's exaggerated. What do you think about that from your perspective there in Spain? Do you think uh, do you think it's like the seasonal flu, maybe just a little bit worse, or do you really believe it's something that you know as a as an economic uh, analyst you think the economy should be shut down for? Well, it's definitely not the flu, but uh, the thing about the coronavirus is that um, the effects on different groups of people are very different. So uh, it can be very risky for some people and not risky at all for for other groups of people. So uh, um, it, it's, it's like a, even probably even less than the flu for very young and very healthy people. But it's uh, it can be terrible if if it ha if you happen to be have a pre-existing condition or, or something like that. Actually, tell I am not sure if I already got the the, the disease because like uh, two or three weeks ago, just when the when the crisis um, got uh, at its worst point, I had a kind of like a, a flu. But it was strange because I didn't have like a sore throat or, or anything like that. But I just got a like a dry cough. And, and a really small fever, which lasted like a couple days, and the cough lasted like a, like a five days. And, and I was uh, pretty tired uh, a couple days, like, uh, you know, just uh, sleeping the whole day. So, of course... Uh, and, uh, around what time, around what, like, what, what month did that happen to you? Uh, in March. Oh, in March? It was in mid-March, yeah. Okay. So, and of course, I was uh, pretty exposed because here in Spain, people leave uh, outside the whole time. So I was, I went to the gym, I, I talked to a lot of persons in the office and, and all that. So, so I was a pretty good candidate to, to catch it. Right, right. But do you think that, um, 
shutting down the economy is prudent or do you think it should have been done more in a gradual way and just like you just said right now certain groups are affected more than others shouldn't it have been where someone who's uh, who could potentially get more sick than others should be isolated or should be should take more preca- uh, precautions instead of shutting down the entire economy for example if you're 21 you're healthy and you work in an office do you think you should stay home if you're really not at risk of developing any serious uh, condition? Well, I, actually, I think we are moving in that direction because the, all the rest of the damage, like the economic damage and the mental health issues that can arise from uh, uh, from quarantine, uh, these are exp- they, they also grow exponentially. Uh, the the damage to the economy, it's probably if you shut down the economy one week. It's, uh, uh, no, nobody will notice. If you shut it down one month, it, I mean, everybody will notice and it will be a pretty bad year. But if you shut it down like uh, six months, it will be terrible. So the, the damage also grows exponentially. So um, I think the, the whole lockdown will last two months and then we're going to move to a gradual opening up. And of course, the, the people who are most at risk will still have to be... Uh, uh, will have to keep to themselves and, and they will be, will be much isolated from the rest of the world. As, as if uh, it's worth to shut down the economy for two months, I think it is because like the, it's, it's um, first of all, it is a pretty new virus. We don't know much about it. So you, if, if you just let the virus run unchecked through the population, you can either have uh, tens of thousands of deaths or even millions of deaths. And uh, we don't know much about the long-term consequences of, of these two. Uh, everything indicates that it's um, not going to be such a serious, um, uh, uh, such a serious disease as in, in terms of uh, long-term consequences. But still, it's something that we don't know. So it's better not to take uh, the risk to let the, the pandemic uh, run through the whole population. But I think uh, when we hit the mark of two months of being shut down, then uh, the other things are going to start weakening in uh, a little bit more. But what do, you, what do you think about, for example, the president of the United States, Donald Trump said, you can't let the cure be worse than the disease. A lot of people criticize him, and he's a, you know, he's a very controversial president, obviously. But what do you think about that idea? And the idea by itself, you know, you separated from Donald Trump, who, who usually, like I said, is very controversial. The idea itself, though, you know, the cure can't be worse than the, the disease. Makes sense. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, I, I agree with the basic idea, but, um, uh, of, and of course, uh, as I told you, like, uh, there are trade-offs uh, in this, which uh, they exist uh, whether people like them or not. So, uh, in, in terms of the, the disease control, uh, it's pretty aggressive what we're doing now. Uh, we're probably doing the mo- mo- most aggressive measures that uh, have ever been taken. And that's uh, that uh, carries a, a huge price tag, but it might be worth it for the short term, but I don't see this as a, as a medium-term solution. We, we have to move in, in other directions because just, uh, just because of what you're saying, because there are trade-offs. We... The economic damage will be um, huge uh, if we stay locked in for four, five, six months. 
Uh, and that will, of course, cause uh, a lot of death, a lot of uh, desperation, a lot of poverty. Uh, even in the U.S., which is a pretty rich country, I cannot imagine what will happen in, in other countries which are more vulnerable. And, um, and of course, not, not just not an economic issue, it's also a mental health issue, a family issue. So we're learning. We're, the good news, I think, is that we are learning much more about this. Uh, I also think that the, the government reaction has been much faster in not just in, in the health part, but also in the, the economic part. Um, like the Federal Reserve, the, the Congress, they, uh, we would have liked to have a, a reaction just as quick for the financial crisis of uh, 2008. But this time it, it's uh, much better. So I think that could that could help, but still. Um, well, well, the thing, think... well, the thing is, you know, there. It's been said that people who want to get SBA loans, small business loans, are yeah. finding it very difficult to get them because of the regulation and the, uh, you know, you have to jump through all these hoops to get it, and these these the banks who are the ones uh, creating these roadblocks is interesting were the ones who were bailed out in 2008 and people are pretty dissatisfied about that what do you think about that no, i think the uh, the loans for small businesses should be readily available the, the government should definitely fix that and prioritize uh, business um, survival over uh, credit uh, worthiness uh, i mean of course part of those loans are not going to be paid back but uh, uh, the economy urgently needs uh, um, liquidity. I think uh, I have proposed, like in other um, in other uh, settings, that uh, part of the debt that's being created now should be paid uh, via a tax on excess savings, because you know some 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 businesses are really struggling in, at this time because they don't have any sales. But there are a whole lot of uh, people and businesses that still get um, still get regular income. Like uh, a huge part of the population, they they keep their jobs and they are still getting paid uh, every month, and they are not uh, having expenses. I can see it here, uh, you, because you cannot spend your money. You just need uh, to buy essential issues. So basically, your expenses have dropped uh, uh, by a huge amount. And that money, which should be circulating in the economy, is just piling up on on the um, on the accounts of uh, employees, on the accounts of um, uh, creditors, and they don't really need that money now. So, if if I could design like the the perfect type of response, I would uh, make uh, loans much more easily available for businesses who are struggling, and then on the second half of the year, I would uh, institute uh, an extraordinary tax. On uh, on the businesses and the people who were not affected as much, on uh, t- trying to capture like the these excess savings that, that this situation right. is generating. I mean, I think something like that might work in Spain, but I don't think it would work in the United States. I don't think people would be very happy to get taxed for being prudent and saving their money and planning, right? Yeah, well, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I don't mean on the back of uh, of that, but I mean on the on the excess savings that you are forced to do uh, right now, and like uh, this month, because your uh, your regular expenses should have dropped like fifty uh, percent or more. Right, and um, what so what do you think the future is like? Uh, 
economically for Europe in whole? Do you think it's going to recover quickly? It's going to take a long time. Uh, what do you, what do you think? And what do you think the response has been in Europe? Do you give it a a good grade or a bad grade? Uh, bad grade. I think the the U.S. response has been better, uh, even if it has not been perfect. Uh, I think uh, here in especially in Southern Europe, uh, Spain and Italy have been the the worst hit countries. I think uh, Spain has the highest death rate in the world for for coronavirus. Uh, and uh, of course, I think the economic recovery will be much faster in the U.S. because it's a much more flexible economy. The type of policies that they are uh, putting up here in Spain are not good. They they try to make a freeze uh, freezing uh, contracts so that uh, companies don't cannot fire people, and that's the the worst possible solution because then you're not going to have uh, employees that are fired, but you're going to have uh, companies that go bankrupt. So instead of firing a hundred thousand people, they will fire a million people. Right. And uh, so I think it would, uh, Europe will have a hard time, um, especially Spain and Italy, because. Um, uh, uh, in Spain, 15% of GDP comes from tourism, and tourism is basically going to go to zero. So uh, it's it's not very good. I think uh, the economic recovery will be much faster in in the U.S. Okay, and w- what about rent? There is has rent been frozen? Uh, that was another measure that the government was considering, like uh, making. Uh, uh, like uh, rental agreements, uh, like freezing them and uh, preventing people who lost their job from from being evicted. Uh, I think they still don't have approved that measure, <laughs> but uh, that's I think the the direction they are going. Anyway, the the rental the rental market will be will drop now. Uh, in Spain, had a, was building up uh, another housing bubble. Uh, basically because of tourism like uh, over the last few years uh, the rent went uh, very high here in especially in Madrid and Barcelona and now it's it's gonna drop uh, hugely it's a good time to buy a home in Spain yeah probably but but you will have to wait like uh, five or ten years to make a good return I think okay and uh, like what other subjects do you want to talk about that maybe I didn't cover that you think are important because I have to go soon uh, well, I think uh, another important topic is how uh, this pandemic is going to uh, affect, uh, you know, Africa, South America, Central America, because that's a, a, a huge issue, not just for those countries, but also in terms of uh, allowing for international trade to to resume after, after the, the most critical period. Uh, because uh, the ideal situation will be like uh, the, the the virus hits all countries at the same time. They just everyone goes into lockdown, but then two or three months later, everybody goes out of lockdown, and, and it will be much easier to start again. But you know, it's this has been traveled. It began in China, then it moved to Europe, then to the U.S., and probably then it will go to to Latin America and to Africa. So. So then we will have like a six months or even a year where where these this outbreaks keep happening somewhere in the world. I, I, I almost believe that there's a couple of scenarios that could uh, take place. One is every it keeps getting worse, death count keeps rising, and there's civil unrest. And really bad things happen when there's civil unrest. 
Uh, scenario number two is numbers drop. We realize the models are wrong. And it's essentially, in terms of damage to the human body, collectively, uh, a, a severe flu. And everything right. reopens, and there's a, a big revival of a global economy. Uh, I mean, those are the pretty much the two scenarios that I, I, I kind of see going. Uh, what do you think about that? Yes, I, I also think those are the, the two extreme scenarios. There are some some scenarios in between. Uh, the best news that we could get from this is like uh, if uh, suddenly they they make antibody tests and they realize that uh, 60 or 70 percent of the population has been infected, because that way we that would be great have, because the yeah, numbers that, would be very low for mortality. Yeah, of course, and and then we would already have like a herd immunity. Right. So uh, that that will be like the the best possible news. I think we would land somewhere in between. I think here in Spain, probably, if I had to take a guess, I would say like 25% of the population would have been infected by by late May. Uh, so that's um, that's kind of a difficult number because that's still pretty far away from herd immunity. So that that would mean that um, we we still could have a, another big outbreak if it runs loose. Uh, but uh, they would still. But that that will mean that uh, uh, they, if they they manage the flow correctly, then over a couple months they they could get uh, pretty close to to herd immunity, especially protecting, as you said before, like vulnerable people and that uh, and that stuff. I right. think in the U.S. you will land uh, pretty close to that too. Right. Okay. Uh, Juan Miguel Goizeta. He's a economist and an analyst. Where can people find out more information about you and your work? Well, I have a, um, a personal blog in a Guatemala newspaper that's called Plaza Pública. So you can look me up in Google. Just put Juan Miguel Goizueta with a Y and a Z, and uh, you will find out about me. Okay, thank or you. Or on, on my Twitter page, too. It's uh, uh, Juan Miguel Goizueta. Okay, thank you for joining the show, Juan. Thank you. Talk to and you later. Take care. You too. Bye.